Heavenly Father, we thank you so much uh, for his life. We thank you so much for the word that you've put in him today. Father, we pray that this word may come out and bear much fruit. That it may land in good soil. That we, Lord God, may step up to the plate and say, Lord, here I am. Send us. Use us. Let us make a difference. Let us transform someone else's life. Let us disciple someone else so that we can truly become your instruments. Those laborers that will gather the harvest. In Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to invite all the children to go to your Sunday school class, please. And let's get ready because God has something tremendous for us today. Amen. Thank you, Reinhardt. Welcome, everyone, again. Welcome, everybody that's online as well. Uh, I'm going to uh, try to keep in mind uh, to smile more often. My wife says you're too serious when you're in the front. Sometimes you scare people. So I'm going to try to smile. But it's just my Italian background, guys. It's not because I'm scary. I'm just a very serious guy when it comes to Jesus, because he's done so much in my life, and I pray that he will do even much more in yours. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Father, for this day, Lord God. Thank you for what you're doing in this place. We just ask you, Father, just to bless this place with your presence, with your Holy Spirit, Lord God. Father, use me, Lord God. Use my throat, my tongue, my voice, Father, just to penetrate the hearts today, Lord God, for what you've put in my heart to speak today, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thank you, Lord. Uh, Andreas, if you could put John uh, 8, 31, please. Find that, and then we'll get started. And I just want to just give you a little bit of background. Um, we, uh, when we're approached, or when Reinhardt approaches me and tells me, uh, you have an opportunity to teach or preach on a Sunday, um, I just want you guys to know that um, whatever is revealed is revealed. It's not a set piece that Reinhardt says that you need to speak about. So as I come here today, I just want to let you know that this has been orchestrated through the Holy Spirit because this is what God wants to bring forward. Now, I had an opportunity um, about a week ago to uh, visit uh, the Dallas church and not only visit the Dallas church but be part of a um, elders and pastors conference. But before I even left which was a Thursday, the Wednesday we had worship night. And um, that night, uh, Reinhardt gave me the opportunity to uh, lead worship night. And, um, and God just began through the Holy Spirit downpouring, downpouring things. And um, the first thing that I received was for Arlena. And what I received for Arlena is that she would be walking through a field and this field had ripe soil, soil that has already been moistened, soil that has already been prepared. And I just saw her throwing seeds, throwing seeds as she was walking through, just laying seeds everywhere. And when I received that, the confirmation of that began to come even further ahead the next few days later. Um, as I go to Dallas and um, I'm put in a room here with 30 or 40 so odd um, great men of God, I, I came to a realization, what am I doing here? Like, these guys are at another level. And after spending 13 to 14, sometimes 15 hours in this room with these men, worshiping God, teaching God's word, praying, laying hands, just being drenched, soaked in the presence of God, God began speaking to me right there. And today, as I'm sharing what He began to download through the Holy Spirit that day in me, and the next day, and even the next day that I was there. And as I was there, I just began to receive, be sown into, receive. And as these men would come around and even lay hands on me, something began to change. Um, I, I began to feel um, a, a presence of God that I've never felt before. Usually when, when, when God speaks to me or I feel the presence of God, I feel like little palpitations. I feel like I'm a little shake is happening. But this time it actually felt 
very, very, very hot, like very, very firesome, like very heat would go through my body. And, and as I was just receiving and receiving, I was able to um, not only receive prayers, but um, these men that would minister to me, and I also got to spend time with uh, one or two in a private occasion as well where they spoke into my life. And I was very blessed to go through all this because I know that that three-day event began to change me further, elevate me further, and I feel today not the same man that I was a week prior. So as I was receiving, being sown into, being sown into, I come back. And as I come back, uh, Ramon receives that... This is the year of evangelism. This is the year that we're going to go out and, and gain the souls for the kingdom. That we need to put it in our hearts every day to pray for those that are lost, those that are oppressed, those that never knew the name of Jesus Christ. Right? Because if we look at John 8.31, it says, Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. Do you feel, and this is a question that I put, do you feel that you are disciples of Jesus Christ? I don't man, I only heard two or three. Do you believe that you are disciples? Are you are students? Disciples is a, is, a, is a big word we hear in the, in the Bible, but that means students. Do you believe that you are students of Jesus Christ? We're here to absorb His Word. We're here to learn His Word. We're here to understand His commands, what He's asked us to do in order to do what? To go to the world and preach the gospel of peace, of love, of compassion, of Jesus Christ, the Savior. Correct? Okay. Man, I don't know if you guys are sleeping today or what's the story? Or maybe it's the food in the back. Maybe the, the smell of the food. Um, I know that... Uh, on Sundays, I usually fast for these events and, and, uh, and to give an opportunity to the Holy Spirit to use me more so I can be more sensitive. So believe me, the food is affecting me as well. But uh, as I was in uh, Dallas again, um, I was able to uh, be present in the congregation, the Dallas congregation last Sunday. Um, now, this is a, a full Spanish church, uh, which I know that God is preparing something big in the in the, in the verbal ministry, I know that things will change very soon. Um, and um, as I was there, um, the pastor had passed the microphone to me. Uh, he felt that I had something for the congregation, which I did. And, and I just began to speak. And as I began to speak, I could just see how the people were reacting. They were reacting in a manner that the presence of God was so powerful, so overwhelming. People were getting up and praying for each other. People were just wanting to hug one another. In actual fact, I just feel right now from, from, from my heart, I just want to ask you, stand up. Everybody stand up. I just feel the Holy Spirit leading me to do this. And please, all of you, stand up. Grab onto somebody that you know and just grab them and say, Jesus loves you. A nice hug. Jesus loves you. Bless you. Jesus loves you. No, see, pero así. Abraza, abraza. Grab one another. Jesus loves you. I just feel that we need to allow that, that emotion of love that God only gives us. It's a supernatural love. Jesus loves you. Do you feel that? You feel that? Amen. Let's sit down. Matthew 28. And we're going to go to 16. Matthew 28, 16. Okay, we're just going to leave it there for a second. We finished the day in the church, and uh, the pastor comes to us and says, uh, Nick, uh, Vanessa, and uh, my wife, um, at the moment when I decided to go to Dallas, uh, she felt in 
maybe, you know, this is a men's meeting. Why don't you just go ahead on your own? What am I going to do there? I'm going to be sitting in the room for hours and hours waiting for you to finish your meetings. And um, as the weeks got closer, and I just said to her, you know, babe, you know, I really want you there. I need you there. I need you there to support. I, I, I don't want to go alone. And, um, you know, and she decided one night, she said, you know what? Let me pray on it tonight. Let me see what God says. And she woke up the next day and she says, you know what? God's put in my heart. Let's go. She says, but I'm going because I really, 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 really want to hear God speak into my life. And surely enough, uh, there were some wives there from some other pastors uh, that really grabbed onto her and called her for breakfast, called her, let's go to the, to the mall and let's spend time together. And they just began to speak with her. But she began to actually take over the conversation as they were meeting, as they were getting together for breakfast or when they were going to the mall or when they were coming back, that God was using my wife to speak into the lives of these women. And not only that, when we were asked um, after Sunday... Uh, Nick and Vanessa, uh, we would love if you guys would come tonight and uh, come to the youth group meeting. And we want you guys to share your testimony. And I'm like, oh, man, really? Like, youth? What kind of testimony can I give? I'm 47 years old. These guys are all kids. Right? But anyway, I said, sure, let's do it. You know, I'm never going to take an opportunity not to do what God has put in the heart of someone else to ask of me. And... There was one thing that I felt when I was there was how the, the, not only the leaders and the pastors, but the congregation itself, how united they are, and not only how united they are, but how much time they spend in the presence of God. Now we're talking, uh, we've started church at 10 o'clock in the morning, and it finishes at around 2-ish. From two-ish, they took us out for lunch. That finished at four. Uh, we'll see you at six at the youth group meeting, which is the same youth that was in the church just throughout the day when I was there in the morning. And I'm thinking, man, don't these guys ever take a break? Don't these guys ever go to sleep? Don't they take a rest? It's Sunday afternoon. But surely enough, they don't. I end up going to a house, and I have all these four or five or six of these a youth that came, some didn't show up, but some that did come. And, you know, my wife was, you're going to do all the talking. And I, all right. And I began. And as I began, um, I just began my story. Our story, and furthermore, I think you guys all know my, our story. I'm not going to go through it. And um, as we finished, we um, were uh, able to minister to each of these children. We spoke words into their lives. Some of them began crying. Some of them just began transformation of their face. Um, you know, truly the presence of God was there. And uh, we prayed for the owners of the home. We prayed for the pastor. And then at the end, they decided to pray for us. And as they began to pray for us, uh, Joshua, who's the pastor of Dallas, uh, great man of God. He's a, a Texan, uh, a United States citizen Texan. So he's a big, tall guy, but he's also Mexican as well because his parents were missionaries in Mexico. And uh, so he speaks Spanish with a Mexican accent, but then speaks English with a Texan accent. So it's really, it's really, it's really great to see this guy in action. And uh, so he's, he's laying hands on us, and he's praying for us, and he's praying for us. Vanessa, this is what I feel for you. And boom, right there. Nobody knows us. Nobody knows our story. Nobody knows what's truly in our hearts. Only God does. God used Joshua to speak into my wife's life, to give her the confirmation of the promises that he has put in her heart, in her heart and in my heart for the last few years. And she began to cry and cry and cry. And she said, thank you so much. It was worth the trip to Dallas. Thank you, Jesus. If you ever take an opportunity to go, go. You will receive much. So I come back, and I come back, and my wife comes back with a, let's say, a new fire. 
And this fire is to bring forward to all of you and to all of those that we know a different type of mindset, a mindset of that evangelism. Now, people may say, yeah, but you already do that. You're really bold when it comes to the Word of God, and that's what you do wherever you go. And yes, I do. But it's another level that I want to explain. Now, in order to reach those levels that Jesus is asking us, if you abide in my commands, you are truly my disciples. We must be in his presence at all times. Now, you may say, that is quite difficult. How do I do that? Well, let's see. What is being sowed into you? Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. Next, 18, 17, sorry. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Stop right there. So when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Are there times when you come and you worship? Is there times when you're in his word that you begin doubting? That maybe fear overcomes? That maybe the devil comes in and removes your focus because of the situations around you that maybe you've opened doors or you've allowed into your life? Okay? 18. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. 20. Teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always even to the end of age. Amen. See, it is through the Holy Spirit that we are led to do these things through the strengths that Christ Jesus has given on to us. He has never departed. He's always with us, side by side, in everything that we do. Everything that Alejandra did was not Alejandra. It's the Holy Spirit using her. Like Reinhardt said, he saw those new wines, but he don't want to put those new wines in old wineskins because when it ferments, it will erupt and the new wine will go to spoil. He wants to use us because he starts to downpour those new wines in us. And as we do that, lives begin to change, but we need to take that step in faith to do so. Because he's always with us. He never leaves us. He's always by our side. But if he's given us this authority to do so, and if we go to Matthew 10, Matthew 10, 7, what do we do when we go? What happens when we preach? Matthew 10, 7, it says, And as you go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Amen? You've all received, all of you, freely give. It's not because, well, it's the pastor's job to do that, not mine. Who am I to do so? Well, if Alejandra was going to wait for Reinhardt to fly to Colombia to free her sister, when was that ever going to happen? No, not at all. We all have been given authority. If you call yourselves disciples, are you abiding in his commands? This is the question today. What is it that you are sowing into yourself that you're not raising yourself to the point where God is using you because you are pure, you are holy, because he says, be holy, for I am holy. 
What is it that we defile ourselves throughout the day that removes us from his presence and being soaked in his presence? Because these men that I was with were not just in his presence. They were soaked in his presence. We had prophets standing up and boom, would give words that would just blow your mind. Where's this guy coming from? Where's he coming from? Teachers that would teach that you would say, oh my goodness, am I ever going to be able to teach that way? Can I ever teach the word of God like this man? Yes, we all have the power to do so. We all have the strength to do so. We have the knowledge to do so. But we need to be, in Spanish, is empapar, say, soaked, soaked in his presence. That's what happens. You spend time in Dallas, you start speaking more Spanish. What is it that we are spending our days with that is taking up our time to be in the presence of God, to receive truly what it is that he has prepared for us, the authority that he's given on to us to do his works. This fast, to tell you the truth, I know it was mentioned to me, but because a lot of things that happen, that happen, I may have slipped my mind. But I fast anyway, so it's not a big deal. But I found out about the fast again this morning, that we're fasting for seven days. For the souls. And I'm saying, thank you God. And God just keeps on confirming more and more and more. Lay the seats. Spread them everywhere. Wherever you go, speak my name. Wherever you go, preach the gospel. Wherever you go, heal the sick. Wherever you go, raise the oppressed. Wherever you go, raise the dead. Spread the seeds wherever you go. Because there are many that are suffering in this world. Many that are sick. Many that are oppressed. That haven't seen the light yet. But you all represent the light. But how strong is your light? That is the question. How bright is your light? Is it a little candle somewhere in the back somewhere? Or do you come across like a... Uh, what do you call the thing for the ships? The lighthouse. You come across like a lighthouse in the, in the dark fog. Say, there's the lighthouse. There's the shore. That's the direction I got to go. I got to go see Chris. Look at the light that Chris is shining in the back over there. I want to go that way. I want to go to him. Because there's something about him. There's something about Reiner. There's something about Vanessa, Jamie. I want to go that direction. Because the light that they have is the light that I need in my life. Because I live in total darkness. But if our light is dimmed, and sometimes even pss, put out, why? Because we defile ourselves with things that are useless. And this fast is not only a fast that you may say, well, am I going to be fasting with food? Just like Jerry was saying, if there are areas in your life where you find that is preoccupying your time, useless time, instead of being in the presence of God, reading His Word, praying, interceding, worshiping, get rid of it. Get rid of it. And you're going to see how God will elevate you to another level. Amen? You know, I can see social media can be an amazing tool we all have it today. We all need to use it for our work or our, 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 our things of our families. Or, you know, like I, I know that uh, people use it for advertising. Social media is a great tool. I'm not going to say it's not. But do we find ourselves, hey man, I got five minutes, Instagram. Hey man, I got five minutes, Facebook. Hey man, ha 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 ha, like this, like that. And by the time you know it, those five minutes have turned into an hour. Do we find ourselves watching movie after movie of shootings and deaths and blood and zombies and, and things that just don't edify us or bring edification to, to Jesus Christ either? Do we find ourselves reading books on good spirits and spiritual things and things that are karma and things of the stars and the moons uh, like... Uh, Alejandra's dad decided to throw all that stuff in the garbage. It's useless. I only need one book. The only book that I need that will give me life as eternal life, but life here on earth is the Bible, is Jesus, is God's word. Because in his word, we know everything comes to truth. He talks about family, talks about finances, talks about healing. 
talks about putting people together, talks about unity, talks about love, talks about relationships, talks about uh, uh, wife, talks about husband, how to put things in order. Everything that we need is in that book. But we waste time on other things. And then we wonder why God is not using me. He says I have authority. He says that I can do all things in Christ Jesus who strengthened me. And we bring out all these wonderful verses. Because I'm sure we're well versed. Everybody's well versed. Some maybe more than I as well. But when it comes to the even well versed, are you putting it into action? Are you wasting time? Yes, we need to go to work. Yes, we need to, you know, go to do our banking. Yes, we need to go and do this. We need to absolutely. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that when you have that downtime, when you have that moment, what is it that is taking your time? And this fast, I think, is a great opportunity to say no. I know that Instagram is taking too much of my time. I know that Facebook is taking too much of my time. I know that uh, Netflix, man, that's another one. That's another one. That Netflix is just taking too much of my time. I'm spending hours and hours on documentaries and, and this and movies and this and that when I could spend my time in the presence of God. I tell you, as I spend my time further and further in the presence of God, tremendous things begin to happen in my life. Not only in my life, but in my family's life, in my children, in our health, in our finances, in all areas. Because God says, wow. You want to spend time with me? You want to spend time with me? Absolutely. There's no other place I would be than in your presence. And in your throne room. To feel that grace, your grace. To feel your love. To know more about you. And it gets to a point where sometimes it could even be very emotional. Because we know where we came from. You all know the person that I used to be to the person that I am today. And I no longer want to be that person. But the further time that we spend from God, the further time that we depart from God, what happens? We go backwards instead of forwards. See, God has great plans for our lives here on earth, even eternal plans. But if we focus on just punching the clock and we don't focus on spending our time in his presence in reading and listening to sermons, you know, I love this guy so much that even on my days off, I listen to him through sermons that he posts through the, through the website. And it's like his voice never, never, it never comes out of my head. You walk into my house, you hear Reiner, where's Reiner? No, no, he's, he's on the, he's on the speaker, right? Because I want to know more. I want to know more about this great God that we have. And the stories, they're wonderful stories. They impact your life. And if you can just put yourself in that moment where you say to yourself, wow, that was me. That was me. But it's not me anymore because God changed me. You know, I feel sometimes, and I don't know if any of you feel this way, that, that Jesus says, you follow me. You follow me. You follow me. And you're like, oh my God. Jesus just asked me to follow him. And he says to me, I'm by your side, never fear. I will always be there. There was once I received a vision, and I know I mentioned this on Friday. And it was through a worship night. And as I was giving worship, I just caught myself to be on this beach. And in this beach, the skies were black. The waves were 10 feet tall. The rains wouldn't stop. And you can just hear the waves smashing the rocks. And all of a sudden, this fear came over me. And I said, Lord, I can't do this anymore. I can't do this. You said you would never leave me. Where are you? And at that moment, Jesus came in front of me and he put his hands on me and he said, I'm right here, Nick. I've never left you. 
I'm right here. And as he began to depart again, I said, you're leaving me again. I will never leave your side. I am always with you. He is always with you. Do you want to be with him? That is the question. What are you doing with your time? Are you being in his presence? You say, Jesus, I'm here. Where are you? And believe me, he shows up. He shows up. Ephesians 1. Let's go to 5. Ephesians 1, 5. And it says, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the beloved. Seven, in him we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, which he made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence. Having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he proposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of the times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth in him. In him also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, that he who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory. In him you also trusted, after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of His glory. Hallelujah. These are the promises. These are the promises. But again, we need to abide. We need to abide in His commands. In order to be truly those disciples, those students that he calls his beloved. That he doesn't call students any further. He calls them his friends. Because we are his friends. Because a student doesn't know the teacher's true intimate secrets. But a friend does. And Jesus revealed those mysteries to those disciples, to us, his disciples, his students. So as his beloved, we are also his friends. Don't you want to spend time with your friend? We spend time with all our friends here on earth, but we never spend time or enough time with Jesus Christ, who calls us his friend. There's a piece of scripture that that was spoken last Sunday, and it's, and it's funny because on Monday, as I opened up the Bible uh, to go to my, my Ephesians 6.10, the armor of God, because that's the first thing that I read every morning. Um, as I open up, you know how it has the preset scriptures. In the, as soon as you open up the Bible Gateway, if everybody uses Bible Gateway, it's got the, this is the scripture of the day. The scripture from Sunday was the same scripture of the Monday. And God just began to speak even further with the scripture into my life and to what's happening here in Toronto. This was spoken in Dallas for another theme and another purpose. But if we see the scripture for here today, what's happening here in Woodbridge, what's going to happen next week, and how things have been led up to this point. And it's 2 Corinthians 5... 15 and it's the ministry of reconciliation it 
2 Corinthians 5, 15 says, And he died for all. But those who live should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. So we shall not live for us no furthermore, but we should live for Christ. 16. Therefore, from now on, we regard, sorry, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. We are new, just like those new wines. 18. Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ, and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors of Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God, for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Are we ambassadors of Christ? Do you feel that you are an ambassador of Christ? That is a question. Do you guys feel that you are the ambassadors of Christ? Do you know ambassadors have carte blanche wherever they go? You know, when you come as an ambassador from another country, they give you special license plates, give you special privileges. You have special of everything and anything that not even the authorities of that country can touch you. We are ambassadors of the kingdom of heaven. So who can touch you? No one can. Because the one that's in us is stronger than the one in this world. But how do we get to that level to be called an ambassador? Is it just because we receive Jesus Christ as our, our Savior? Is it because we receive the Holy Spirit that we can just say we are ambassadors? No, it's a further level that we need to jump into. We talked about this on Friday night. Then when you guys go to a beach, go to a resort, do you just kind of tippy-toe into the ocean and you just stay there? No. You go in, you feel it out. Wow, this is nice. And boom, away you go. And the next thing you know, you're in the waves and the water's crashing on you. And you're feeling the warmth of the ocean, the salt water. You're taking comfort in the greatness of God and everything that He's created. But when it comes to our spiritual life, when it comes to Jesus, when it comes to giving Him honor and glory and spending time with Him and honoring Him, we just kind of put our foot in it. And no, that's enough. It feels good, but I don't want no more. I don't want no more. Right? Because I'd rather spend my time doing other things. And Ramon used this, and I'm going to bring it up again. Ramon used this a couple years ago, and he did some number crunching. As an engineer, his mathematical skills are quite phenomenal. I wouldn't want to, wouldn't want to go through a math uh, quiz with him because I'm sure we'll all fail. Unless anybody else is an engineer here, then you can, then you can keep up with him. And the disciples spent three years. That's 365 days. And out of those 365 days by three years is 1,095 days. And let's just say, let's just say they never slept. And they, they stayed by this guy's side for 24 hours a day. Because I know that if I can spend 15 hours with this guy in a room for Dallas, in Dallas, I know we could have went another 15 hours, no problem. It's true. It's almost to the point that nobody wants to leave the, the room first because maybe they'll be thought, maybe they're less, less, less in the presence of God or maybe less holy, I don't know. You know, the, let's wait for somebody else to leave first. We did that with our friends, right? When we went to the park, nobody wanted to leave before, right? You left before, you might miss out on something, right? So whoever left first was the, was the one that never, 
was around to receive what would happen later. Anyways, in 24 hours, it, it would be 26,280 hours. So if we take 26,280 hours and we, div- and we divide that into the 365 days, what would it come out to? Ah, if it's once a week, we spend, sorry, I lost my numbers. See what I mean? I'm not that good with math. So if we spend one hour, one hour a week, it would take us 72 years to receive what the disciples received in three years. In three years. Yes, that's correct. It would take 72 years. Sorry, I had to look at my numbers again. 72 years. One hour a day. One hour, sorry, one hour a uh, a week. It would take us 72 hours to receive what the disciples received. I don't want to wait 72 years. I don't even think I got 72 years. I'm already 47. I pray that God extends my years. But we need to press on. We need to stop sowing into us things that are nonsense. Things that divide us. Things that defile us. Things that contaminate us. Things that do not edify us. Things that remove us from the presence of God. And it might be also too that there are things from the past that are still gripping on to you. That still need to be broken. That still are hindering your progress. Because at the end of the day, we're all sinners. And by God's mercy, renewed every day, we can come in repentance and say, God, forgive me. And walk from that. And walk away from it. And be wiped clean, and it's never spoken again. And it's forgotten. It's thrown into the abyss. The only one that will bring it up is the devil. And that's when you can say, no, you don't hold me to that anymore. Because I've confessed that to my God, to my Lord, to my Jesus. And he's forgiven me. And it's been casted out. I don't have that anymore. Amen? And if we just keep on going, and this is where I wanted to get to, and it's the, the parable of the sower. And that's in Matthew 13. I'm just bringing it up myself. Okay. Matthew 13, right from the beginning. On the same day, Jesus went out to the house and sat by the sea, and a great multitude were gathered together to him, so that he got into a boat and sat. And while the multitude stood on the shore, then he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside, And the birds came and devoured them. Some fell on stony places where they did not have much earth. And they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched. And because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns. And thorns sprang up and choked them. But others fell on good ground and yielded a crop. Some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And if we shoot down to 18, Andreas. And Jesus explains the parable. Now, as I explain this, look at yourself. Look where you are spiritually. Look at where you are in presence of God. And try to diagnose where you're at. And what is happening. Therefore, hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then wicked ones comes and snatch it away that was sown in his heart. 
This is who receives the seed by the wayside. So that's 18. 18, sorry, 19. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches it away, what was sown in his heart. We need to understand his word. It's not just by going over it once or twice, but it's praying and allowing the Holy Spirit to reveal his word to us. So that we can understand it fully. And that we can come further and further in the presence of God in this place with pastors, with teachers, with apostles. So we can learn further and further. This is he who receives the seed. By the way, side 20. But he who receives the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word, immediately receives it with joy, yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. So you know those that give their life to Jesus through emotion? You know, man, yeah, I'm going to give my life to Jesus, and I'm going to serve, and I'm going to do, and everything. And they end up walking out the door, and that's it. The waters have calmed. They've cooled off. The fire has been put out. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. So as soon as things begin to happen, begins to stumble. Now he who receives seed among the thorns is he who hears the word and the, the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word. And he becomes unfruitful. Again, 22. Now he who receives the seed among the thorns is he who hears the word. And the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and becomes unfruitful. Are the cares of the world removing you from being fruitful? You know, I got to do this tomorrow. I got to do that tomorrow. My life, my family, my kids. God, when I have time for you, I'll come and see you. But I, I, I got things to take care of. But he who receives seed on the good ground is he who hears the word and understands it. Who indeed bears fruit and produces some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. I want to be the one that receives seed in the good ground. It becomes fruitful. And not only becomes fruitful, that that seed will grow. And when it produces that tree of fruit, and that seed falls again, dies and multiplies again. And builds more fruit. This is how the kingdom of heaven begins to expand here on earth. It's by all of us coming together in unity. In the same complete, complete mindset of the focus of Jesus Christ in our life. To be drenched in his presence at all times. Removing anything that would divide us, anything that will defile us, anything that will contaminate us from his presence by the focusing of the things of this world or the cares of this world, which will bear no fruit. When we go, we leave all things behind. You know, I want to I use this example. We used it on Friday. It was really uh, a really funny uh, comparison that the pastor uh, Alejandro Scamilla used on, uh, on Sunday. And he said that, did you guys know that milk doesn't come from cows? And I'm sitting there, okay, what is this guy talking about? Of course milk comes from cows. He says, no. He says, milk doesn't come from cows. He says, if you want the milk, you got to go and milk the cow. Go and milk the cow. The cow doesn't give milk. The cow doesn't say, here's the milk. You got to go and get it. Right? If you want to be fed, 
you want to be in his presence, you got to go and milk the word. You got to go and get fed. You got to go to his word and eat it. Be filled up by it. Be in his presence. And he will begin to bring the growth. Because when we eat, what does it do? We build muscle, we grow, we get bigger. Hopefully not this way, but this way. Right? We need to seek God at all times. Remove anything that cannot be well sown into us. We only want good seed to be sown into us. Good seed. That seed that comes from His Word. That seed that comes from His blessing. That seed that comes from His promises. Yes, we go through those areas and times and seasons of problems and tribulations. Absolutely. But it's in His presence that we go through it with a change in character because He's allowing it to happen. But also because He has nothing but the best for us. If we just abide his command and be right in him through Christ Jesus and do things according to his word believe me even when you're going through that storm Jesus is going to come and say don't worry I'm here I'm beside you I have never let you go I will be with you from today and forevermore I'm waiting for you I've prepared a place for you in my father's home share my throne with you and I have a crown prepared for you all these wonderful promises so if he's promising all of that are we grabbing on to it are we taking opportunities throughout the day to minister to him to love him to spend time with him to be part of that great friendship that he has created And if there's areas that you feel that you still need to overcome, that you feel that, man, I can't make it, I can't do it. Yeah, I walk out that door and the seed just gets burned up by the sun. Yes, I walk out the door and the cares of the world begin to steal that seed that was just planted in me. If it's something is an area of stumbling, come and speak to us, come and talk to us. Come and release it. Do not be held by that chain. That chain can be broken. And it's broken in the name of Jesus. It's a powerful name. That name breaks all chains. Because he's been given authority in the entire world and in the kingdom of heaven. And everything under this world. Amen? Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for this day, Father. Thank you for everything that you've done in this place, Lord God, and in our lives. Lord, we just ask, Lord, for more of you in our lives, Lord God. Lord, just let your Holy Spirit reveal to us, Lord God, those areas that we're just binded and bonded into this world, Lord God. That we can release ourselves from it, Father. Give us the strength through this fast, Lord God, just to remove anything, Lord God, that just comes to divide us, defile us, corrupt us from your presence, Lord God. That doesn't bring any edification to you, Lord God. Father, just put it in our hearts today, Lord God. Those areas, Father, that we stumble. Those areas that we just keep on sinning in, Lord God. So we can come clean. Come clean to you in repentance, Lord God. And just cry out to you, Father. So this way, Lord, you could just forgive us and we can move forward, Lord God. Break any of those chains, Lord God, that is just binding us to this world, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, Father. Father, we just claim that healing today, Lord God. Heal those hearts, Lord God, that are deeply scorned. Those hearts, Lord God, that are just bleeding, Father. We just pray today for that healing, Lord God. Father, for those that are in our families, Lord God, that are just away from you, Lord, that don't understand you, Lord God. Those co-workers, those places that we visit, Father, that people don't know your name, Lord God, that you give us the opportunity and the ability through the Holy Spirit, Father, just to be used, Lord God, to evangelize, Lord God, and just 
get those souls, Father, to win those souls back to you, Lord God. We just call it out today, Father. We scream it out to the north, the south, the east, and the west, Lord God, to call your children back to you, Father. Those who are backslidden, Lord God, to just bring them back to you, Father. For those that have never heard your name, Lord God, that they will just be spoken into their lives today, Lord God, that someone will go there today, Father, and just say, Jesus loves you, Lord, so they can just have that revelation of who you are, Father. And in the name of Jesus, oh God, we pray. We pray for each person in this place, oh God. We pray for those, Father, that are just feeling lost, Father. Those that are feeling oppressed, Lord God. Those that are just feeling anxious, Lord God. Those that have fear, Lord God. We just cast all of that out in the name of Jesus, Lord God. Father, that they could just be, just let your Holy Spirit just Build that fire in them, Lord God, like never before, Father. So they want to be just drenched in your presence, Lord God. That they just want to seek you further and further every day, Lord. They just want to seek your word, Father. They just want to spend time in worship, Lord God. Just want to spend time in prayer, Lord God. They just want to spend time, Father, on their knees next to your throne room of grace. Jesus, 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 how we need you, how we love you, how we thank you for your sacrifice, how we thank you for our new lives, how we thank you for the authority that you've given unto us to be those ambassadors of the kingdom of heaven, Lord. We just give you all the praise and all the glory. Use us. Use us well, Lord God. Use us just as you prophesied, Father. Use us as those new wines, Lord God, that would just go, Father, from place to place, Father, just giving on to others, Lord God, a new mindset as new creations in Christ, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You know, as I pray, I just feel that, you know, I just see this, this, this wine press, and I know that Reiner talked about the wine this morning, but I just see this wine press, and I see as this wine press is being being used i could just see that the, the wine gushing out and it's going into these clay pots and it's fermenting and as it's fermenting it makes a mess it makes a mess everywhere because the the froth overflows the pots but after everything has been settled after everything has come to pass everything will be new again and i just feel that maybe in somebody's life today that they feel like they're going through that mess and it's a mess that just can't clean up. It's a mess that's been there for years. It's a mess that just, they feel that every step that they take, they're always stepping on this mess. And Jesus is just saying to you today, don't worry. Don't worry. It will all come to pass. That that mess will go away. That that mess will be wiped clean. That your tears will be wiped clean. And finally, you will have those new vessels, those new vessels of new wine to take part in a celebration that Jesus has prepared for you. But seek Him. Seek Him further. Allow Him to overtake your life. Allow Him to minister to you allow him to embrace you allow him to move you does somebody feel here that their tears just can't stop flowing there's somebody here today that just I just see someone that just keeps on crying and crying and crying and crying they can't stop crying. They're always crying. Just feel that sorrow, a sorrowed heart. If that's you, just raise your hand and somebody will come and pray for you. Can somebody, can somebody go and pray for her in the back? If there's anybody else, don't be ashamed. Don't be embarrassed. Just put up your hand and somebody will come pray for you. This is the time. This is the moment. Thank you, Lord. Father, we just pray in the name of Jesus today, Lord God to remove father any of that sorrow any of that feeling lord god of sadness father for father we know that in you we have hope in you we have faith in you you just downpour your love father 
downpour your love today into the hearts of those that are sorrowed, Lord God. Break any chain of fear in that person's life today, Lord God. Let them take a step in boldness towards you today. In the name of Jesus, Father, strengthen them as they walk. Strengthen them as they stand up. Strengthen them as they speak your name. Speak your word. Let them reveal their hearts in the name of Jesus so that healing can begin, Lord God. That those tears can just be wiped away, Father. And from tears, an overflow of joy. Joy in the Lord. Joy in the Lord. Joy in the Lord. That is what we proclaim today in the name of Jesus. Joy of the Lord. For those that are sorrowed, those that are deeply oppressed, in the name of Jesus, we cast that out. Joy from the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Father, we just bless this day, Lord God. We bless the lives of all those that are here. We bless all those that are listening online as well, Lord God. And we give you thanks and we give you praise. We give you the honor, Lord God. That as we start this fast, Father, that we seek you deeply, 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 furthermore, Father, for more than what you've called us for, what you've willed us for, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, Father, we just pray, Lord God, that you just overflow more and more of your presence in our lives, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Father, as we continue in fellowship, Lord God, I just pray for this food that we're about to partake in, Lord God. We just bless it in the name of Jesus, Lord God, that we can break bread and drink of the juice together, Father, and just let your word continue as we gather in unity in your presence, Lord God. Father, we bless the hands that made this food in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father.